life so you and I could be free from the constraints of this world and from the constraints of sin and walk in newness of life. Paul said, we're buried with him through baptism unto death and raised to walk in newness of life. How many of you thank God you have new life today? Let's give the Lord some praise. Amen. I want you to turn into two passages and hold your place. I won't be long today, but I want to show you two passages of Scripture, Matthew 28 and then 1 Corinthians 15. Matthew 28 and 1 Corinthians 15. Matthew 28 marries two great Bible truths together. Marries the resurrection of Jesus Christ and the great commission that Jesus gave the church after his resurrection. And if you've been here the last, last Sunday and you know our theme, our theme this month is uh, uh, making missions our mission and accomplishing the mission of Jesus. You see, when Jesus died and then rose again, his mission on planet earth was accomplished. But his mission was not completed and we see that in Matthew chapter 28. I want you to turn there. I want you to, I'll show you just to, I'm tempted to read the entire chapter, but for the sake of time, let me just show you the first part and then the last part. It says in verse 1, it says, Now after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. And his countenance was like, was like lightning and his clothing as white as snow. And the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. But the angel answered and said to the women, Do not be afraid, for I know you seek Jesus who was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Everyone say, He is not here. He is risen, just as he said. And she said, and go quickly, and he said, go and quickly and tell his disciples that he has risen from the dead, and indeed he is going before you into Galilee, and there you will see him. Behold, I have told you. Now let's slip over to the end, and we know that uh, uh, there was a little bit of time transpired between Jesus' resurrection and his commission there in verse 16, the resurrected Christ. It says in verse 16 about him, then the eleven disciples went away into Galilee, to the mountain which Jesus had appointed for them. When they saw him, they worshiped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all things that I have commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the reading of your word today. Thank you, Lord, for the resurrection of Jesus Christ and then the commission of the resurrected Christ to finish what you started by living your life on planet earth. Father, today we take your death, burial, and resurrection very seriously. This is not just a holiday to us. Lord, this represents our new life in Christ. And as we see today, the commission you've given us to fulfill what you've called us to do in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Amen. You see, the resurrected Christ is the one who commissioned us to finish reaching the whole world with the good news of Jesus Christ. 
In just a moment in 1 Corinthians 15, we'll read about that good news, and we know it has to do with what we're celebrating today. But I want to break it down into two thoughts for you about this mission that we're on and this mission that Jesus uh, uh, began when he was born and, and then died and then ultimately rose again from the dead. Uh, that was the first part of this great mission. The first part is the earthly ministry of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection. Without that, we, as we'll read in a few moments, will be like all men, most miserable. Without the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, our faith, as uh, Ryan, uh, Ray talked about in the offering, is in vain. But my friend, understand something. Jesus Christ did really rise from the dead. He paid a great price, as we saw just a few moments ago by way of the, the video. And then he laid down his life willingly. And then, and then he rose again, just as he said, just as the angel told uh, the Mary and the other Mary there in Matthew chapter 28, verse 1. And then the second part, my friend, of this great mission that, we, that is to, yet to be accomplished is the ministry of the church, the ministry of God's people. It's Jesus' ministry on planet earth, and then it's the earthly ministry of the church. That's who we are, amen. We have a responsibility. The resurrected Christ stepped into uh, the disciples' lives and, sat and said this, now go into all the world and make disciples and preach the gospel <laughs> to every creation, every person. God loves everybody, amen? Turn around and tell somebody, God loves everybody. And he paid that price for the whole world. And so that's why we're here today, and that's why we continue to do what we do. We don't have church just to have church and to get the monkey off our back. Some people think church is just to help me get the monkey off my back, and sometimes that's good. And, and, and how many of you thank God Jesus will get the monkey off your back? In fact, you know, I say this all the time. He was hung up for our hang-ups, amen? And we were all hung up in sin, but Jesus was hung up for our hang-ups, and he paid a great price. But the second part is he commissioned us to reach our world with the good news of Jesus Christ. And everybody said amen. amen. Now turn, if you will, to 1 Corinthians uh, chapter 15 as we look at Paul's... In fact, 1 Corinthians 15 is a real dissertation on the, the importance and the validity and the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And there's a lot in this chapter. In fact, there's 58 verses in this chapter, and I've got good news. I'm not going to read all of them. But I would encourage you to do that because they all kind of melt together, and there's a great uh, thread of, of, of resurrection truth throughout the entire chapter. Uh, and it begins with Paul declaring that the good news, everybody say the good news. And here it is in chapter 15, verse 1. And we're going to look at this. And we're going to, I'm going to show you some things that God has provided us as the church to fulfill our part, to do our part. You see, Jesus did his part. He said when, when, he, uh, when, when he finished his life, he said what? It is what? Finished. He did his part. And then God did his part by raising him from the dead. And now it's time for the church to do her part. And, and, and I'll show you some things that I think the, the resurrected Christ and his ministry into our lives empowers us to fulfill the mission that God has for us on planet earth. And Paul begins in chapter 15, verse 1, and he says this, Moreover, brethren, I declare to you the gospel. Someone say the gospel. 
which I preached to you, which also you received, and in which you stand. You see, we need to be taking our stand in the gospel. By which also you were saved. Anybody here saved this morning? If you hold fast the word which I preached to you, unless you believed in vain. For I delivered to you first of all that which I also received, and here it is, that Christ died for our sins according to the Scriptures, and that he was buried, and that he rose again the third day according to the Scriptures, and that he was seen by Cephas and by the twelve, and that he was seen by over 500 brethren at once, of whom the greater part remained to the present, but some have fallen asleep. After that, he was seen by James, then by all the apostles, then last of all, he was seen by me also as one born out of due time. He goes on to say, for I am the least of the apostles who am not worthy to call, be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. But by the grace of God, somebody say, thank God for his grace. You see, that's the testimony of all of us. But by the grace of God, he said this, I am what I am and his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all, yet not I, but the grace of God which was in me. Therefore, whether it is I or they, we preach, and so you believe. Now, here we go. Now, if Christ is preached that he has not been raised from the dead, how do some among you say that there is no resurrection of the dead? But if there is no resurrection of the dead, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then our preaching is empty and your faith is also empty. Yet we are found false witnesses of God because we have testified of God that he raised Christ, whom he did not raise up if in fact Christ did not rise. For if the dead do not rise, then Christ is not risen. And if Christ is not risen, then your faith is futile and you're still in your sins. Everyone say, oh my. Then also those who have fallen asleep in Christ have perished. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we are of all men most miserable. But verse 20, but now Christ is risen from the dead and has become the first fruits of all those who have fallen asleep. I want to pause right there and we'll jump back into this passage and I'll show you some verses in just a moment. But I want you to know today about this resurrected Christ. And I think it's very important for us to understand that, that uh, Jesus did not commission his disciples pre-resurrection. He commissioned his disciples post-resurrection. Because understand something about the resurrection of Jesus Christ. It's a, it's, it, the, the reality of it and our acceptance of it is the core foundation of our faith. And he said this, he said, if Christ is not risen, we're, our faith is futile and we're still in our sins. But Christ is risen from the dead. Therefore, we understand this, this uh, the ministry, the earthly ministry of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, doing his part to fulfill the Great Commission is what empowers us to do our part. In fact, the Bible says that if that same spirit which raised Christ from the dead dwells in you, it'll also quicken your mortal body by that same spirit. Amen. And so we have the power of the resurrection available to us to equip us and empower us to fulfill our part and do our part in this great responsibility we have to bring this great good news to those who have yet to know and yet to name the name of Jesus Christ. I want to show you some things this morning, give you four thoughts today from this passage of Scripture and from this chapter that, uh, that I think if we'll embrace them about the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we'll, we'll, we'll come to a place where we realize the resurrection power, 
that, that, that lives and abides within us empowers us to fulfill the Great Commission. And I see some thoughts about that that you and I need to embrace today. The first one is this, the resurrection uh, power of Jesus Christ empowers us with, number one, final authority. We, re- we sang it just a few moments ago, all authority. He has all authority. And I love this about the reality of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. You see, when the devil cru- uh, uh, crucified the Lord, really in the spirit realm, he thought he had it. But understand something, he was messing with the wrong kind of authority because the Bible teaches that Jesus Christ has all authority. In fact, look in verse 25 of this same chapter. We didn't read it, but let me show it to you. It says, for he, that is Jesus, must reign until he has put all enemies under his feet. And he says, the last enemy that he will destroy is death, for he has put all things under his feet. You see, Jesus is the ultimate final authority. And he came, and when he commissioned us, <coughs> in fact, the Great Commission begins with this. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. And then what did he say? Go, therefore, and make disciples. Go, therefore, preach the gospel. Make disciples. In other words, I'm delegating my authority to you. You and I need to understand something as last day's ambassadors, as those who have been commissioned by God to fulfill his kingdom purpose. We have the same authority Jesus Christ had. We have authority in the Spirit, and Jesus Christ came with ultimate authority. In fact, I love this part. You can look at it later. Revelation chapter 1, and there's so many passages we could turn to, but Revelation chapter 1, the Bible talks about John the Revelator. He's, in the, he's been banished to the isle called Patmos because of his witness and testimony for Christ, and the Bible says about him, he was in the Spirit on the Lord's day. That's a good thing to be on the Lord's day. He was in the Spirit on the Lord's day, and he saw the Lord high and lifted up. And the Bible says that when Jesus began to address him, he said this, and I think you and I need to embrace this reality because he defined his authority with John. He said in verse 17, he said, do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am he who lives and was dead. And behold, I'm alive forevermore. Amen. And I have the keys of hell and death. How many of you know when you got the keys over hell and death, you were final authority? And so we understand that and we need to realize that when we look at the the call of God upon our life and the purpose of of God in our life, and we, we need to realize the resurrected Christ, the one who has final authority over death, hell, and the grave, lives on the inside of us. Amen. And he's put all things under his feet. In fact, if you were to look in Ephesians, you would discover that he is, the resurrected Christ is now seated with Christ in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and spiritual forces of wickedness in heavenly places. Everyone say final authority. So we have the authority of Christ. Number two, we need to embrace this as the resurrected Christ. We need to, uh, came and empowered us. We need to realize that that resurrection power also provides us, uh, and, and it dovetails from final authority. We, we've also been empowered with ultimate victory. We sang it just a few moments ago again. We shall overcome by the blood of the Lamb. And by the word of our testimony, 
That's not just a song we sing. It's from Scripture in Revelation chapter 1, pardon me, chapter 11, uh, I believe it is. Or uh, somewhere, yeah, chapter 11, I believe it says, We have overcome, or they have overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of their testimony. In fact, when you go back to 1 Corinthians 15, you put it all together. Look what Paul came to the conclusion there in verse 57. He said, But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Christ our Lord. When we think about the responsibility of winning the world to Christ and the commission we have as a believer, understand something. As a believer, you have been commissioned to do your part to fulfill that great commission to go into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father. We have the, the, the second part to God's plan, His mission. That's why we're endeavoring to make missions our mission. We have ultimate victory. 1 Corinthians 15, 57 says, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. And when you read 1 Corinthians 15, you'll discover we have victory over death. We have victory over sin. We have victory over Satan. Somebody say, amen. I thank God for the victory I have in Christ because of the resurrected Christ. Amen. I have the final authority living on the inside of me. And according to the prophecy of Scripture, uh, we as God's church will overcome because of what Jesus did. The blood of the Lamb. And then our part, the word of our testimony brings great victory. That resurrection power is so awesome. It provides us with final authority, ultimate victory. But number three, also provides us with what I think is so very important for us to gain today, and that is eternal perspective. Somebody say eternal perspective. Look in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 19. It says this, If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're of all men most miserable. In other words, if we have no eternal perspective, no revelation about eternity, we're just playing games. Understand something about this place we're in today and maybe your life today. If you have no perspective and no insight and no confidence and no assurance of your eternal security with Christ, uh, at this moment, my friend, understand something. You're without hope in this world. But Christ is risen from the dead. And the good thing is, in just a few moments, if you're here today and you've never really made a commitment to Christ, I'm going to lead us in a prayer. And you can gain some really cool eternal perspective. Look in verse, oh, let's see, verse 9. Let's look in verse 51. Look what Paul says here. He says now in verse 51, Behold, I tell you a mystery. We shall not all sleep. He's talking about just die and go away. We'll not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. Now, this is all because of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. He said, in a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trumpet, for the trumpet will sound. Tell somebody, the trumpet will sound. Turn around and tell somebody, the trumpet will sound. The trumpet will sound. And the dead will be raised incorruptible. We shall be changed. Whoo! I like that. You need to understand something about where we live today. Listen carefully. I'm going to tell you this. I tell you quite often. I'm going to tell you again. 
Planet Earth is the shortest amount of time you'll ever spend anywhere. Hello? We need some eternal perspective. And he said, we shall all be changed for this corruptible must put on incorruption and this mortal must put on immortality. So when the corruptible has put on incorruption, speaking of our old natural body, and this mortal has put on immortality, then shall be brought to pass the saying that is written, death is swallowed up in victory. Oh, death, where is your sting? Oh, Hades, where is your victory? The sting of death is sin, and the strength of sin is the law. But thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ. Somebody say amen. Amen. I'm on my way to heaven from Beaumont, Texas. And until then, understand something, we have a responsibility. And one day we will stand before him and give an account of how we lived our life on planet earth. And we need to gain some eternal perspective and realize we have a limited amount of time. You know, I just heard something Beverly told me this, this morning. Thomas Kincaid, how many of you know Thomas Kincaid? Just a wonderful artist. And I think he's a Christian. I don't know a lot about him. Beautiful artwork. He just suddenly met his maker. Fifty four years old, in the prime of his life, no plans of leaving planet earth, standing before God. Paul the apostle, I love uh, what he said when he said, uh, uh, thanks be to God who gives us the victory through Jesus Christ our Lord. But I also love what Peter said. Peter said this, Let me slip over to 1 Peter chapter 1 and show you what he said about gaining some eternal perspective. In verse 3, he said, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope. Somebody say a living hope. We have a living hope. Hey, rewind back to what Paul said. If in this life only we have hope in Christ, we're, we're among all men most miserable. But we, that's not the case. Christ really did rise from the dead. And we really do one day, uh, the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will rise. And Peter understood that. He said, blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who according to his abundant mercy has begotten us again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. In other words, the resurrection gives us hope for eternity. Am I, only, am I the only one in here happy about that today? He goes on to say, to an inheritance incorruptible and undefiled that does not fade away, reserved in heaven for you. Amen. Woo, I wish I had an organ player and a piano player and we'd sing when we all get to heaven. What a, (laughs) oh, I'm tempted to sing it right now. But it's Easter Sunday, and I don't want to make too big of a fool of myself. You see, the resurrection power of Jesus Christ empowers us with, with the, the, on the inside, with the ultimate authority of Jesus Christ and the ultimate victory and an eternal perspective. That we have a place reserved in heaven for us because of what Christ did. We have a living hope. Listen to me, the world is searching for, for hope. The reason so many people are in the condition they are in is because they have no hope. Jesus Christ is the hope of the world. And it's a living hope. It's not I hope I make it to heaven. It's a confident expectation that I'm on my way to heaven. 
Amen. And one day I'll fly away. Somebody say amen. amen. Some glad morning when this life is o'er. I'll fly away, but until then, I have a commission to finish. I have a responsibility to this planet Earth. Amen. And finally, number four that I see from this passage of Scripture, and if you want to turn back to 1 Corinthians 15, the resurrection has empowered us not only with an eternal perspective, but a commission commitment. Someone say a commission commitment. I want to show you two passages. The first one is in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, the last verse. And it begins with therefore. Everyone say therefore. And when you see the therefore, what do you do? You go back and look and see what the therefore is there for. And the therefore was there for because he's talking about the gospel of Jesus Christ, that he died, that he, was, that he was buried in a borrowed tomb, and three days later he rose again, and now we have new life, and now we have a responsibility, uh, and we, we've got an inheritance in heaven. We've got victory over death, hell, and the grave. Therefore, and here we go, marrying the resurrection with our commission once again, therefore, my beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. You see, because Jesus died for our sins, rose again the third day and gave us new life, therefore, no option. My beloved brethren, be steadfast, immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We've been empowered by the resurrected Christ with the reality of a mission's commitment and a commission commitment to do our part. Everyone has a responsibility if you call, if you name the name of Christ. In fact, uh, Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, he said this about our commitment and our mission's commitment. Uh, he said, oh, in verse 16, therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh. Oh, let me back up to verse 15. And he died for all, that those who live should no longer live for themselves, but for him who died for them and rose again. That ought to be our mantra. That ought to be our mission. He died for me, and he rose again that I might have new life, and therefore I no longer live for myself. I'm living for him. I'm following him. I want to do what he wants me to do. I want to be what he wants me to be. Why? Because he paid a great price. So I could have new life. You see, the resurrected Christ finished his responsibility on planet earth. Commissioned the church to fulfill her responsibility to go into all the world. To make missions their mission. And here we are today. I want to close with this. Just a moment, I'm going to share with you some gospel truth. That if you're not sure of your standing with God. Today you can know that you know that you know Him. And you as well as me and others that are here today can have a great confidence of your inheritance and your living hope in Christ. Today, 
as we prepare to leave this place and go with family and friends to enjoy a great day of holiday. We ought not leave without the reality of knowing Jesus Christ lives on the inside. And as Paul said in 2 Corinthians, we ought to not leave today on this Resurrection Sunday without a commitment to say, I'm going to no longer live for myself, but for Him. It's not about me anymore. It's about what He's called me to do and what He wants me to be. I'm going to ask you today to bow your head before the Lord. And as we prepare for just a moment our hearts to hear what He has to say to us and deal with us wherever we may be, I'm going to ask you to ask yourself this question. Do I know for sure that if I died today like maybe Thomas Kincaid did, I would have a great confidence that I would move into my living hope and that inheritance that's reserved in heaven for me. Do you have a confidence in that? If not today, I want to help you. I want to help you be able to move to a place where you can have great assurance that Jesus Christ lives on the inside. You see, the Bible teaches us in Ephesians that our condition is really bad without Him. It says in chapter 2, verse 12, it says we are without Christ and we were aliens and strangers from the commonwealth of Israel, having no hope and without God in this world. But now in Christ Jesus, you who were once afar off have been brought near by the blood of Jesus. With every head bowed and every eye closed today, the death, burial, and the resurrection paid the way so you could not only get your sins paid for, but new life. Paul said, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Paul told the Roman church in Romans chapter 10, verse 9 and 10, he said, if you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord, believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you would be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made to salvation. With every head bowed and every eye closed, you say, Pastor, I'm not sure I have that hope of eternity. I'm not sure I'm standing in righteousness as this passage just said. To be honest, Pastor, I'm not sure if I passed away and I died today, I'd go to heaven. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you can say, Pastor, that's me. I really, I really need some confidence. I want to promise you something today. I'm not here to embarrass anyone or put the heat on anyone. I'm here to usher you to, a, to the doorway. To be able to come to a place where you know that you know that Jesus Christ lives in your heart. and So today if you're here and you can say, Pastor, I really would like to come to a place where I know Him. Where I know He lives in me and I'm in Him and He's in me. That I know for certainty that when I pass from this life, I'll stand before Him. Enter into the inheritance of eternity with Christ. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, today I want to set that straight in my life. I want, as Paul said to the Romans, I want to be saved. If that's you today, slip up your hand and say, that's me. Here in the comfort of my seat, here on Easter Sunday at Church on the Rock North, 
I want to know for certain that Jesus Christ lives in my heart. Just slip your hand up and then put it back down, anyone. God bless you. If you're here today and you can say, Pastor, I know Jesus Christ lives in my heart, but that last verse, few verses you shared about because of the resurrection of Christ, we should no longer live for ourselves but for Him. That really convicted me, Pastor. If you're here today and you say, man, I, I just really need to make a commitment on Easter Sunday to live for Him with everything within me. I don't want it to be about me. I want the resurrection of Christ to move me to a place of real commission commitment to embrace my part in accomplishing the mission of Jesus. If that's you today, lift your hand wherever you are as a Christian. Today, I want to make a real commitment to live my life for Him. God bless you. God bless you. God bless you. I want to serve Him all the days of my life. Let's stand together today. Let's embrace the power of the resurrection. We're going to pray a prayer together. We're going to pray a prayer of commitment together. We're going to ask God to use us. It's just a couple of minutes after noon. We'll be done in just a moment. You'll be shocked at how fast this will all be over. But eternity is in the balance for some. So I'm going to ask you to bow your head with me and let's pray this prayer together. If you lifted your hand today, and you have no certainty that Jesus Christ lives in your heart. Pray this prayer with me. We're going to all, we're, we're going to all pray together out loud to God and you can pray and ask Christ to come into your heart if you're here today and something on the inside says I need to make a real fresh commitment to follow him with my life to serve him and fulfill the commission that God has for me you pray as well and because we're going to agree together and make commitment to do what he's called us to do I'm going to ask everyone to pray this prayer with me out loud to God say dear Lord Jesus Thank you for dying for me on the cross, for paying for my sin with your blood. I believe you did that for me, Lord, and I thank you for doing it. And Lord, I thank you for rising from the dead so I could have new life as well. I believe the gospel. I believe this good news. Today I yield my life to you. I invite you into my heart to be the Lord and the leader of my life. And on this Easter Sunday, I give my life to you. And I thank you, Lord. Because of your word, I now belong to you. And I thank you, Jesus for new life in Jesus name Amen if you prayed that prayer for the first time welcome to the family of God in fact let's give Jesus a great big clap offering of praise and thank him today hallelujah and now as we leave this place today we leave with a commission a commission to go into our world. You see, on Thursday, I'll be going to Africa. I'll be your hands extended, but guess what? You're still here in Beaumont. You're still here in Southeast Texas. And this week, find someone and make missions your mission. And fulfill the mission to go into their world, get into their boat, and begin to share 
the good news.